from 120 hours of, of taxi driving, you had that revelation, that awakening of, oh, it's property. I'm being guided to property. Even though it makes no logical sense, I know nothing about property. I'm going to listen to the guidance that I just received and make the move where you spent your last 70 pounds on a, on a course that, you know, that changed everything for you, everything. And so it's that dropping into surrender and faith that even though you don't know the how, that even though you haven't got your 12-step plan, that even though you haven't got all your ducks in a row, that even when it looks like it's not working, that you just trust that everything's working out for you. And then the more you drop into soul, the more you drop into that listening of the inner guidance and now that to guide you, then you will achieve your results faster and easier with three steps instead of 12 steps. Instead of someone else's 12-step game plan of how your wealth will be created, you will tune into yours. Wow. Oh my days. Are you thinking about building your wealth? Are you thinking about where to start or not knowing where to start in your wealth creation journey? At Property Wealth Education, we teach people how to get started, how to build an empire, and how to invest passively and actively using property in your wealth creation. Month in, month out, week in, week out, we have curated courses that is available to you, free and paid and through our upgraded mentorship program, The Wealth Circle. So if you're thinking of building your wealth, we want to invite you to click on a, a link below the show notes on this video uh, to book a call with us. We'd like to have a chat to help you start to build your wealth, build a legacy for yourself and your family. Hey, 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 welcome to The Wealth and Business Podcast. On this episode, I'm joined by a very good friend. You see, everyone that comes to my podcast is literally my friend, right? I always call them my friend. Yeah, I'm joined by a very good friend, Anna, who is a seven-figure business entrepreneur. Anna has grown several companies uh, within her portfolio over the last uh, few years. Uh, she has a business within the international speaking uh industry as well as she's also a spiritual uh spiritual advisor by the way pardon me for that and as well as she's been an entrepreneur for the last 23 years and she's been helping a lot of female entrepreneurs start grow and scale their business and without further ado i want to welcome anna to the wealth and business podcast how are you doing anna Oh, I'm absolutely fabulous, Daniel. Thank you. How are you? Thank you for, for coming to the Wealth and Business Podcast. So for those who don't really know you, right? So just tell us a little bit more, you know, because sometimes I always believe like, you know, the guest is usually the person that does the biggest, you know, justice to the actual introduction of who they really are and a lot of accolades that they hold around them. I mean, you've done some amazing, amazing thing as a female entrepreneur in the UK. So tell us. I've been entrepreneurial since a very young uh, girl. So in school at 13 years old, I started my first company selling toffees at school for 50 cents. And uh, there was a lot of sugar, a lot of ants in my mum's kitchen. So that business died a very quick death. And then I launched my next business at 18 years old and then my next business at 21. So I've, I've run several companies uh, throughout my, my, my time. I have worked as an employee in organizations, but the longest they ever lasted was usually about a year before I got fed up with 
being on time and having a boss and long hours and no overtime. So I really, at some point I decided enough is enough and I'm just gonna go full into being an entrepreneur. So I've run five companies in total and I've evolved so many different times. So I started as a graphic designer, then I became a web designer, then I became an interior designer for uh, property developers, some of the lux most luxurious property developers in London, developing their yeah. marketing uh, show apartments and suites and uh, apartments and then moving into becoming a spiritual teacher. Now the spiritual teacher beat was a complete accident. I was just on the journey of personal growth and development. So yep. again, from a very young age, mom and dad were into network marketing and would be listening to Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy in the car. So I was always into sort of listening to personal development. And so I really wanted to shift my mindset to become a better person because I knew that the game of entrepreneurship was 80% psychology, 20% strategy. And so now um, I have two companies, uh, Bergeon, which is my international healing school. So we've trained thousands of, of people around the world to become um, therapists and healers. And then I've got Anna Kitney Coaching, which is my coaching mentoring company where I help uh, creative and spiritual entrepreneurs to start and grow their business. Wow, what a fantastic, fantastic, you know, introduction right there, for, you know, from yourself. You've done pretty, pretty, really, really well. You see, I always speak about entrepreneurship is about self-discovery, evolving, and obviously keep re-strategizing and, and, and rediscovering yourself. And again, you once more demonstrated the fact that, you know what, we have to identify where we started from and how far we've come and how we can obviously create an impact. Let's talk about spirituality. The topic around spirituality, for me, I'm a Christian, I go to church and I believe in God Almighty. Now, when it comes to spirituality, there's always different perspective of how people look at it when it comes to your business. You know, in my personal journey, I've experienced God face to face. When I mean face to face, not like I've seen him, but when I mean face to face, because I still remember at a point in my journey where I had a revelation to go into property and I've never looked back since then. Now, and for me, that spirituality of me being in a particular situation where I felt like I was saved and to doing what I'm doing now. How is it so important for entrepreneurs to literally kind of understand spirituality in their path to greatness? For me, it's it's absolutely vital. Like I often say to my people, like God is my CEO. So when I'm guided by my decisions in my business, the way that I run my business, to even the offers that I put out, to the way I, I actually serve my people, I'm always led by by the presence of God in all that I do. I couldn't imagine running business without the presence of God. Obviously, a lot of people have many, I guess, biases uh, towards you know religion, for example. So there's a difference between religion and spirituality. So religion is yes. someone else's idea of their relationship to God. Spirituality is your own personal relationship to this higher power. Whether you call it God, universal intelligence, Allah, creative, all that is. Yahweh, there's so many names for this for this for this energy, but I think it's undeniable that it exists and it's all around us. And so how you do anything is how you do everything. So you know, God is in it all around us. Why would God not be in business? And when we bring spirituality and um our fullest selves into business, I believe that we we run much better businesses 
uh, not from a necessarily a place that's fueled by religious principles, but more from our core value systems of, of honesty and kindness and tolerance and generosity and collaboration. These, these, these values that I've come to identify in some of the most successful and longest lasting organizations that have these founding principles of impact and benevolence and contribution. You know, I totally agree with you. You know, having that belief there is always a higher power, a higher energy that is involved in bringing things to your light and as well as taking away, you know, stuff from you when it's needed. Because sometimes in our journeys of our highs and our lows, all right, we do from time to time, you know, do have to be kind of sometimes corrected and then, you know, you know, repositioned because sometimes when you just keep going without the reset, all right, when you keep going without a reset, they often say, there's something my mother always said to me, when you, when you just run, 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 and you don't stop, then you're still going to run out of strength. And sometimes understanding that the spiritual, you know, the spiritual being, the spiritual force that is above us somehow help us to navigate or even brings roller coasters to us to sometimes reposition and re-navigate or reorder our footsteps. So what would you probably, what would your angle be in this sort of situation? Because as entrepreneurs, it's a lot of times when we go through setbacks, you know, we often blame it on the fact that maybe we did something wrong. Perhaps we don't have to do something wrong when we go through those setbacks. Yes, most times when you do, when you, when you get setbacks in your business, there could be definitely something that you've done wrong. But as a coach who coaches people on spirituality, what would your view be on this particular topic? Excellent question. So obviously everyone is, experiences some form of adversity in their lives. And I think, you know, God is not not there to kind of throw us into the ocean, allow us to drown. It's like a, like a test to allow us to grow and to develop and to become stronger and more resilient and develop some of those those virtues and surrender our vices. So whether it's whether it's greed or jealousy or envy and shifting more into, into kindness, into tolerance, into um, empowerment, the virtues that really is what makes us makes us human and allows us to connect with other humans on this planet, which essentially that's what business is about. It's connecting people with people and people with services and products. So in, in regards to cultivating that spiritual connection, it's a daily practice, certainly, whether it's prayer, meditation, going for a meditational walk, whether it's going to journaling, whether it's chanting mantras, like everyone has their own sort of uh, practices and rituals to to cultivate and strengthen their relationship with themselves and with the divine. I think it's an important skill to develop on a regular basis, a habit to foster, so that infuses not just in business, but in, in all that you do. And by having God by your side, I feel we're able to weather the storms uh, much more easily that knowing that the answers are always within that I always tell my students God is your coach always on your shoulder always you know always uh, you can always receive answers so whenever you don't know something you just go into prayer go into meditation you just drop in and surrender to that guidance that's always always within always speaking to us but we're not always listening and so that's the daily practice of of the, the spiritual practice is to to go into that silence go into prayer go into meditation to actually get the answers within to know that the solution is always already inside you and that everything is working out for you 
not against you. Completely agree that not every time something is working against you, but something is also working for you. Now, let me take two steps backwards, you know, from the conversation we've been having so far. How did you even get into spirituality and or what led to the discovery of you going into a spiritual journey? as an entrepreneur? Yeah, as I said, it was complete, it was actually quite by accident. I've been a student of personal development since a very young girl. Um, I remember my parents got me tickets to Bob Proctor's and, and John Canary's Born Rich program. And I remember listening to the guided meditation with Bob Proctor taking me to Lavender Light and I was hooked. But I, I had a lot of limiting beliefs around religion and spirituality that really made me be repelled from the spiritual path and really more into the mainstream personal development arena. So, you know, the, the, the Brian Tracy's of the world, you know, the Tony Robbins and things like that. And so I was uh, about 30 years old and I was having persistent lower back pain and I would have like acupuncture and it would go away and come back and it got so unbearable. I simply couldn't sit and concentrate on the work that I was doing. And so at that time, my mother had studied uh, 30 healing. And so I phoned up my mom, I said, mom, can you do your woo-woo thing on me? <laughs> can you do a healing on me? I've got this back pain. And so she's in Australia, I'm in England. So she said, you, you go to sleep and overnight I'll do the healing for you. We'll have a conversation in the morning. So I wake up in the morning, my back pain is gone. And I phoned up my mom, I was like, what'd you do? It's gone. And she said, you know, lower back pain, sciatica is linked to fears around financial support. And she said, she told me about the beliefs that she changed inside me through, through the divine. And she said, everything's gonna be fine. You can um, stop work and have children. Now I had told my mother I was going to stop work and have, have children, I had told her that. So she knew things that she couldn't possibly have known because she received that guidance from the divine. And so I was like, ooh, there's something in this. This is interesting. And so about a year later, I gave birth to my son. I had this little floppy thing crying and pooing and things like, oh my God, like I need to increase my intuition to be able to communicate with this, 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 this child. And so uh, about a year later, when I had some, when I had finished breastfeeding, I um, attended my first course. So I just researched what this pathetic healing is and I booked my, my class and I attended the, the seminar and the, the gentleman was in a suit, which kind of fitted my kind of my framework of personal development. And then within the first um, half hour of the, of the class, we're going to guided meditation connecting to the divine and doing intuitive body scans of other other students. And I was receiving information from the divine that I couldn't possibly have known about the other person. That when I share this information, this intuitive information, I was like, oh, I'm just making this stuff up. But when I receive this information, the person relayed back, oh my God, yes, you're right, you're right. I'm like, this is insane. This is like Harry Potter school. I didn't even know this stuff was real. And I got hooked, I got hooked. And so then from course to course, I deepened my spiritual connection. I started to clear my beliefs in a very rapid, systematic way. Beliefs about my self-worth, beliefs about my relationship to God, beliefs about myself as a woman, beliefs about myself as a mother, um, beliefs about myself and my relationship to money, to sexuality. It was spiritual therapy. And I, it's like, in the matrix, the red pill and the blue pill. Once you've mm. been spiritually awakened, you can't go back because you see the world in a whole new different way. Wow. Like, I don't even know what to say. Does that even exist? I've taught thousands of people around the world to do what I do. 
So this is why my clients pay me the big bucks for my intuitive skills. I've had property developers ha have me tune in and scan properties, their business, um, team, uh, look into the future to see potential uh, outcomes based on different decisions. Like this is this is a game changer in business. The intuition is so underutilized in business and everyone has access to this. My next question to you is, if what you teach people to do and and how you teach people to basically create that life. Because I've always been a school of thought that actually everything that we ever wanted, we can get. But this is just basically through my, you know, specific life experience. So how can you then coach people to actually not just imagine the fact that, yes, I can become great. I am well, I am healthy. I'm, you know, that they can actually see it manifest just within the twinkle of an eye. Excellent question. There's a number of components to this. The first part is obviously clarity, knowing exactly what you're wanting and why you want it. I think a lot of people create goals, mm. dreams and desires from ego, from an overcompensation. I'll give you an example. I've worked with yes. a few multi-millionaire men and the pattern that I observe with the men that I've worked with is they've got father issues. That somehow the father told, told them they were a loser, they were not good enough and what they do is they overcompensate. Like, I'll prove my father that I'm wrong and they go away and amass millions and no matter how much millions they have it's never enough so the drive and the push to create a massive wealth to become rich is from a from a place of needing to overcompensate because deep deep down they don't feel they're enough so no matter how much money they're making they're not enough so knowing your goal is one thing but knowing why you want it what is your primary motivator so the primary motivator or I, I like to call it the high value goal the high value goal is beyond having my needs met. So beyond a boat and a car and kids in private school and a fancy house and lobster and caviar, beyond that stuff, why else? Why else? So then you're coming into more um, altruistic motives, which is one of the highest levels of consciousness. So that's okay, yes, I have my needs met and I get to create impact. So in your business, um, Dr. Daniel Moses, you get to impact the lives of these, these people that create wealth and generational wealth. So it's not just money for now, mm. but it's money for the recurring future that can grow and be multiplied. And so that's a worthy high value goal that you're not only creating your own abundance for yourself and for your family, but also for so many, like thousands and thousands of other families, um, you know, across the UK and across the world who are learning this from you, that it's going to pay dividends for them for the rest of their lives and future generations. So that's a high value goal. So knowing what you want and why you want it. Then number two, okay, we need to explore our resistance. Why would we not want the thing? So like you said, you know, people have these ambitions, they come to the courses, some make it, some don't. The ones that don't, it's because they've got subconscious beliefs they haven't released yet so before we go out and we manifest our desires and we do our rituals and practices of prayer and journaling before we do all of that we need to clear our resistance to actually receiving like you would agree that most people want plenty of money so they can live a good life whether they acknowledge it publicly or not i think most people want to live a comfortable life have not just their needs met but go on a holiday have a nice car put their kids to a good school live in a safe country i think most most people would agree that's what they want but why are people not creating this because on a subconscious level we have resistance that says a belief that says 
oh, money's bad. The, that more, wanting more money is going to make me greedy. That wanting more money is going to make me hedonistic, selfish. That if I'm rich, then I'll lose all my friends. If I'm rich, it's going to be dangerous. So all of this is running on the subconscious mind. So the people who want to make, make the moves, they do the training, they do the development, but they don't make the move because there's this like energetic resistance and it's all that subconscious programming. Now, whether it's from this life, from our ancestry in our DNA, um, where we carry belief systems from our ancestors, seven generations back, by the way, whether it's collective consciousness, like the culture of England, where obviously speaking about money is very sort of taboo, or mm. you know, countries like you know, Dubai, where sexuality is also suppressed and taboo. So we have these like collective consciousness programs that stop us from actually making the moves. We know what we should be doing, but we're not doing the moves because it's programming. So clearing the resistance. So through um, like Theta Healing, for example, NLP, EFT, there are so many tools for changing mindset. We reprogram the resistance. Once the resistance is gone, when you ask, it is given. So when you ask God for what you're wanting, you receive because you have no resistance to receiving. Most people will say, okay, they're praying, they're praying, God, God, I want, you know, I want to make more money. I want to, you know, get out of this difficult situation. They're praying, they're praying, they're praying, but they're in the energy of hope. They're not really expecting God to answer their prayers. They're just like in the, in the hope energy and on a subconscious level, somewhere it's serving them to stay stuck. So now we come to the kickbacks. What's the good thing by keeping your revenues low? Well, if I keep my revenues low, then I pay less taxes. If I keep my revenues low, if I make a mistake, then the mistake won't be as financially expensive as if I'm a $500 million business owner. So now we get into like, how's it serving me to stay stuck? What are the benefits of staying in an unhappy marriage? What are the benefits of staying unhealthy? Well, I'd have to go exercise. I get to stay at home and watch Netflix for hours and end. I get to be comfortable, but if I go to exercise, I'm going to be going through pain. Or a woman who might be scared to lose weight because she's afraid that if she becomes slender, that she'll attract undesirable attention. So she keeps the extra weight on because she believes that this is how she gets to be safe. Or a woman who sabotages her finances because she believes that a man should take care of you. And if she earns more than a man, she demasculates the man. So we could have a whole podcast on mindset just on its own. But before we go into manifestation, if you will, asking for what we're wanting, clarity, knowing why you want the thing, clearing your resistance. This is crucial because none of the strategy will work unless you clear your resistance or you're going to manifest a big mess for yourself because of this subconscious programming. Wow. I am so blown away. Like I'm going to bring you back here on this podcast and we're going to have more deep dives into various because I am so like, I was, I was having a very interesting conversation with someone the other day and he said to me, because for me, I've been through so much adversity. I've been through so much challenges in my life that could actually could have stopped me, you know, even to get to where I am. And he said to me, he said, Dan, he said, Dr. Daniel, he said, you're trying to be wealthy for yourself. And that is a good thing. You're trying to help others become wealthy. Now, a lot of people teach get into property, but you started to teach wealth creation. And he said, that's a good strategy because people talk about property and people talk about, okay, yeah, buy to let, but you're talking about actually, no, create wealth and build long-term legacy. Now, when it becomes the word wealth, people often 
all right just don't think about wealth people always offer just i want it now i was listening to because i, I listen to a lot of you know a lot of cleansing materials online uh, through different you know programs every now and then especially in the mornings to kind of fill my day and there was a specific program i was listening to he says the world has become accustomed to instant miracle the world has become accustomed to i want it today now i want it now people don't want to wait for tomorrow now as a spirituality coach is there any way that even though someone like the guy I was speaking to said to me or oh, dan you're trying to be worthy for yourself and that's good and as well as you are also trying to make people build wealth. When others are teaching people how to get one or two properties, you're trying to tell people, and actually, the secret to wealth is own this number of property, create this number of income, and the rest is history, and I believe I've after, and then build a, you know, a, you know, a time frame, for example, five to 10 years plan. That's a goal that you spoke about there, having a goal of where you want to be now and 10 years time in future. And he then also said, wealth that you're talking about is something that people often doesn't see because people want it today and like i mentioned spirituality you know tools and you know trainings that i listen to every now and then says you know we are all have been calm accustomed to instant miracle i am a victim of it there are sometimes i want it now you know but what you're also saying is that it's it's beyond all of that as long as we fix the spiritual being you know and I, and there's a specific verse in the bible it says spirit give birth to spirit and flesh give birth to flesh so what you're literally saying is if we become in the supernatural and if we then cleanse the supernatural we can actually fly like a free bird in the sky exactly absolutely so well said you're very eloquent <laughs> that was good <laughs> yes most definitely it's, it's an ongoing practice. Like I've been doing this for over 20 years and 20 years. the over 20 years and, and your, the, your intuition, your spiritual connection deepens with daily practice. Like I've achieved a, a level of mastery because I've just put in the hours. I've done so many healings. I've done so much coaching, so much meditation and prayer that I've developed this level of, of mastery. And so that, that takes time. And most people aren't willing to put in the work because as you said, they, we live in a world of instant gratification. I think social media has got a lot to do with that, you know, with people posting sort of fake lives and, you know, is out of nowhere and you and I know both know the path of entrepreneurship does require grit it does require the the journey through failure to success there are difficult times like I'm not saying just because I have my my connection to God and I can see into the future it doesn't mean that I don't experience difficult things or hardships or or things don't go according to plan those things still happen to me as well but because I have that connection to the divine that I'm able to move through it much more easily because I know oh I'm learning something from this there's like a lesson for me that God's trying to teach me something from this whether I'm learning to be um, whether I'm learning to have more accountability for my actions whether I'm learning to be more consistent and more diligent in my activity whether I'm learning to become a better boss 
uh, whether I'm learning to become a better friend or a better a better wife, whether I'm learning to balance between family life and work life to bring in harmony, whether I'm learning the law of detachment to let go of the attachment to how Anna wants it and my ego wants it to God's will and God's plan for me. You know, you and I had a chat um, earlier, and you, t- you know, you talked about how you know you're, you lost a hundred thousand because your you know your oil business blew up in a big tank that forced you to make a big pivot. And so some people would see that as like that somehow God's abandoned me, that it's not working, that I'm failing. But actually it's like God and your soul shifted and pivoted you into exactly where you needed to be, where you had that revelation in the car from 120 hours of of taxi driving, you had that revelation, that awakening of, oh, it's property. I'm being guided to property. Even though it makes no logical sense, I know nothing about property. I'm going to listen to to the guidance that I just received and make the move where you spent your last 70 pounds on a, on a course that you know that changed everything for you everything and so it's that it's that dropping into surrender and faith that even though you don't know the how that even though you haven't got your 12-step plan that even though you haven't got all your ducks in a row that even when it looks like it's not working that you just trust that everything's working out for you and then the more you drop into soul, the more you drop into that that listening of the inner guidance and now that to guide you, then you will achieve your results faster and easier with three steps instead of 12 steps. Instead of someone else's 12-step game plan of how your wealth will be created, you will tune into yours. So what is it that is holding a lot of people back that they're not allowing God energy, the universe to actually guide them even when you're, even when, you know, this this massive brick wall in front of you that say you can't make it and yet you know some people obviously most people listen listen to that i think for me people listen to the word that i can't rather than actually i can't and i've spoken about this topic a lot could it be the fact that people are not being guided correctly could it be something that is by the environment and i can go on and on about your my days you you you've set me on fire Anna, you set me on fire. Like, you yeah, set we, me on fire. We so need to do another podcast. We've got so much to talk about. Um, so again, excellent question. So I think in terms of, you know, you and I, we, we were both, you know, led to personal development and it's not still to this day, it's still not very much a mainstream thing to do. That's, it's sort of like the weird thing that you do that you go to a seminar and you work on your mindset and you do some journaling, you do some processes. Uh, and so I think when people don't have tools to work on their mindset, to develop their emotional intelligence, they get stifled because school does not teach you this. School does not teach you this. School teaches you how to get a job and be a good, obedient employee and work your ass off till you know you retire, get the gold watch, and that's the end of your life. So school's not preparing you. And so unless you are stumbling into, falling into, or surrounded by people who are into the, in this world of personal development, I think people are in some way handicapped. So that's number one is, is I think personal development, working on your mindset is absolutely crucial. And if you haven't got tools, how can you change your how you're thinking? Because then you're a victim of what you said, environment. If you're watching TV, if you ever watch TV with a volume down, you watch people's expressions. It's this and, and faces and it's this blame and it's attacking and it's conflict. People are entertained by, by disastrous situations. 
very rarely will you see uplifting, empowering, inspiring content that's you know delivered um, you know through through the media. And so people are programmed to look for what's wrong and why it's not working and why you should you know stay small and not rock the boat. And 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 you know typical example you know during you know the 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 pandemic you know people shrunk during that time they shrunk. You grew your business to to millions. Most people they shrunk. They they pulled back. I tell a story in one of my um, courses of my take on the recession, my take on the recession. And it's like the analogy of the lobster. So the lobster must shed its shell like multiple, multiple times during its lifetime. It's a very uncomfortable, painful process. And sometimes it loses limbs. So by the time in its first, I think several months of, of life, it's shed its shell about 20 times. And so what happens is as the lobster is growing, it's outgrowing its shell and it's becoming painful. It's grown too big for its shell and must crack its shell. So in the wild, it will go under a rock and crack its shell and then eat the, the shell to get the calcium and phosphorus to grow a new shell. But during that time, it's very vulnerable until it grows a bigger shell. And so whether it was COVID or whether it's the recession, these things, these challenges, which we've been talking about, it's not there to drown you. It's not there to, it's not God trying to punish us. It's basically you as the lobster forcing you to grow. So when we're under pressure, you either crack and you break or you grow, you become bigger and stronger. And that's where we develop like the, the mastery over the self. And that's where most people are unavailable to go. They might do maybe once or twice or three times in their lives, but you and I, we're doing on a regular basis. We're pushing the boundaries. We're moving out of our comfort zone and living on the edges on a day-to-day -day basis. It's just become normal for us to live in that place of uncertainty, knowing that somehow we are resourceful, we're intelligent, and we can figure it out. Whether if we don't know, we can find someone who, who does know, that we can tap into that guidance from within and be guided in the moves to make, even though it makes no logical sense in current economy or current market. And this is why we, we I mean, that's where I made my millions during COVID. We also grew to our millions. And it was crazy. I'm like, how did this happen? When everyone else is like losing their jobs, losing their homes, companies closing down, our business grew. We reached more people than ever because we're like the lobster growing a bigger shell. Wow, wow. I can really see this. When you say, oh, I help businesses grow into, I mean, just over the last couple of years, you know, you know, just over the last couple of years alone, you've worked with a lot of female entrepreneurs growing over in $50 million. Listen, $50 million is a lot of money, right? It's, it's, this is not small numbers. Good. This is, this is big numbers. And, and I just, I just, I can just picture the reason. And I say this all the time. I say mindset. I said, you can't not make money if, if your mindset is not structured and you've taken one level up. And the one level up is if your mindset is not right and if your or spirituality is not right, then it's almost like, yes, you're just trying to rat race. You're, you're just in that same rat race. And yeah, well, you're just relying on will, on sheer will to force yourself to do the thing. And most people, they will move away from pain towards pleasure. They'll stay in their comfort zone. They'll do what's easy. They will give up and succumb to the humdrum life thinking this is all there is because they haven't got those tools that life school didn't teach them. They may not even know that these, these, these processes and tools exist. It's not in their field of awareness. And most importantly, there's no burning desire. 
it would be nice to be a millionaire, but it's easy to stay where they are. The ones that you and I are attracting in our, in our communities are the ones who are hungry, the ones who are willing to do what it takes, and they've got gaps in their knowledge, whether it's the mindset, whether it's the psychology, whether it's the strategy, right? Or whether it's even that, that cultivating those, those, those values we talked about, the grit, the resilience. But you're helping to fill those, those gaps for them. But there's a whole plethora of humans out there who will continue to stay in their comfort zone believing that this is all there is. And they're not even actively looking and seeking to live a, a more fulfilling life. They don't even believe that it's possible, that this is that this is all there is, and they've become a victim. They've become a victim of collective consciousness programming. You see it in TV, you see it in movies, you hear it in music. It's like they're being brainwashed into this submission of like, be happy with what you've got, don't rock the boat. And so like you and I, the trailblazers, the change makers, the legacy leaders, we are the ones that are rocking the boat that is going to create this ripple effect that eventually will be like this exponential growth where I hope in my lifetime, in my lifetime, certainly in the life of my daughter, that personal development, tools for changing mindset, cultivating emotional intelligence, deepening our spiritual connection becomes the mainstream instead of the crazy. Wow, 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 wow. Anna, I'm totally fascinated. I'm blown away by your level of experience and your values. And this podcast is literally taking me deep into myself and my spirituality. Wow. It's been so amazing to have you on this Wealth and Business podcast episode. Now, before we go, there's something I want to ask you. How about people who try to keep you small? So I'll give an example. A lot of people still ask me, when is enough enough? And a lot of people ask me these days, when are you going to be satisfied? I had a very interesting conversation. I'm going to, I'm going to basically use myself as a case study. I had a very, very interesting conversation in, you know, a couple of months ago, not last three months. I had a conversation and someone asked me, oh, you wrote the first book. That was okay. Why do you want to write? Why, why are you writing a second book? And then somebody asked me as well, he says, you always talk about you being a multi, you know, building a nine figure business because I actually, on my profile, I said, on my journey to becoming a nine figure business. And the, the, you know, I get asked all the time, but what would your advice be to me? That's number one. And mm-hmm. for those who are, you know, for those, obviously I, you know, got a lot of audiences, people who listen to this podcast and they, they're like, oh, Dr. Dan, I really, I love you. I'm inspired by your work. You know, I, I really want to do what you're doing, but I can't, you know, I, I, you know, it's, it's hard. What, what, what would your words be to, to me mm-hmm. first and mm-hmm. then to my audience? Mm-hmm. Okay. So try and give the short answer here. So when is enough enough? It's never enough because at some point you, you're making so much money, it's no longer about the money. You, you can buy whatever you want. That's no longer your, your main objective or motivator. That actually the money is a byproduct of you just being you, when you are in your beingness. That like if I don't get out of bed and work and not because I have to, but because I choose to, that it lights me up, that when I'm on podcasts like this, or when I'm coaching my group, or when I'm working with a client one-to-one, that's what lights me up and fuels me. When I get testimonials, like the one I got the other day, that one of my one of my members in a group program, she's just done her second six-figure month in a row. Like that just makes my day. 
So it ceases to become about the money and it becomes about feeling like your, your life and your existence has meaning and purpose, that you're writing another book, not because you want to become more famous, although that is a byproduct. Um, it's not that because you're using the book to sell another offer, that the book is out there because it's, it's trying to come through you as teachings that some people that may never get to your workshops can still read and benefit from, that, that something inside you is calling you to share what you know, your, your lessons, your teachings, that transmission, the coding is wanting to come through you to impact millions of people around the world and you don't know where that book's going to go after you've left this earth. You don't know the amount of people it's going to impact in this year, next year's, 10 years, 50 years time. You don't know where that's going to end up and in whose hands. And it could just be the one person, the one person that reads that book that you're meant to write it for. And that person changes the, 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 the course of the entire planet. You just don't know where it's going to land. So you write the book, not because it's a money-making thing or it's a promotional thing. You're writing it because you're being called because you want to make the impact where you're seeking to grow a bigger investment portfolio. You're seeking to grow your business to billions. Billions is, is fun and it's a fun game. I, I understand the, the business of entrepreneurship. I love the game. I love the pressure. I love learning new things. Um, I love walking the edges of my, of my comfort zone and seeing what's next and being in the uncertainty. I love all that. And so the motivator ceases to become, oh, I need to become a billionaire so that I can be rich and have nice things because you have those already. That ceases to be the motivator. The motivator is your, your soul's purpose, your dharma, your, your calling, your very beingness, that it's, you're not you unless you are doing you. And if doing you is speaking on stage and empowering 2,000 people in India, or speaking on stage and empowering 5,000 women in, in New York at Global Woman Club, you're doing you because that's who you are and you couldn't be anything else because it would feel empty and hollow. That at some point, money doesn't fill the void. The fulfillment of your calling does. So that's never, it's never going to be enough because the motivator mm. is different. And then the, the second question to, you know, the people who like, you know, who look at you and they see you successful and how rapidly you achieved it and your background and like, well, that's not where I've come from. I came from this country or they have their story, their excuses for why they can't do what they do. The first thing is, is their goal shouldn't become like to be like you. Their goal should be to be the best version of them. So you as their coach, you as their mentor, as their guide, it's to, to draw out from them the best version of them. And whether that's personal development, whether it's mindset coaching, whether it's growing a property portfolio that gives their family financial freedom and then, then use that cash to start a philanthropy organization in, in, in Ghana, for example, right? You just don't know where this money's going to lead. It's all like, like the breadcrumbs, you follow the breadcrumbs. So when you've got that guidance in the um, in the in, in your car late at night, coming back from Stansted Airport, you listen to the breadcrumb, and one led thing led to another. That even though it made no logical sense, you made the moves. And so for your people, it doesn't all have to make sense just yet. They they may not be able to see the full plan of how all the breadcrumbs link to each other. They just have to take the first step, the first step, and that's a step in faith and courage, faith and courage. And then the persistence wow. comes after. Wow, 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 wow. Anna, it's been so, so like, I'm so fired up. You've like, basically you've lighted the whole of my innermost internal, I'll use that word, 
on fire right now that I'm pumped. I'm so, so pumped that, wow, I can't wait. I just can't wait for the lessons I've learned and the mentorship I have gotten from this episode. Thank you so very much for being on the Wealth and Business Podcast. And we're looking forward to seeing you I mean, re-inviting you again on this platform. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Thank you so much, Anna, for coming. And thank you. I really appreciate it. Just before we go, if there's one word you just kind of give out, just one word for those who have listened. One word. Believe in the better version of you. The better version of you showing up every day, a better person than you, than you woke up yesterday. That, that's it. Those small steps, daily small steps, and one day you'll wake up and you'll be a whole different person. Wow, you heard it from the spiritual queen. Guys, mm-hmm. make sure, be the best version of yourself. Anna, thank you so very much for being on the Wealth and Business Podcast. My pleasure. Thank you so much. <laughs>